Hi, it's time for the home inspection. And right before the inspection, sellers are wondering, what do, you, what do I expect? What are we looking for? What do I do? What's going to happen with all this? And today on Realty Check, we're going to talk about that, tell you what to expect, tell you what kind of things you can do to prepare. And we have an expert home inspector with us to talk to us about this and give us some advice and tell us what we're looking um, to see on a home inspection. So Les, thank you for joining us. This is Les Smith with Clark County Property Inspections. And uh, we'll be talking with him today about home inspections. <laughs> <laughs> well, the things that um, you're going to be looking for in a home inspection, the things that I look for uh, when I'm doing the home inspection is, is I go out and look for all the, um, uh, I check the meter when I first get there to make sure the meter's not moving because you don't want any water leaks in the house. I check the electric panel to make sure that um, nothing's been changed or added or that it's safe. Um, I get on the roof or take pictures of the roof one way or the other to um, find broken tiles and things like that. I also do the um, um, lines, landscape where I just do this, look at the springers, make sure they're working and make sure there's no leaks in them, you know, that I can find um, readily. And uh, I go through um, pretty much everything outside first, check the stucco, check the foundation, um, make sure that there's no dirt touching the walls. and things like that and then I go into the um, the house and then start checking everything in the house and um, even when I'm outside I'll kind of check the AC unit just to make sure that it looks okay and there's insulation on the lines and stuff and then I go back inside the house and then I start checking plugs and switches and and I'm, I'm looking for anything that's not working so mainly what you want to do is everything needs to work so <laughs> So that's what I'm trying for is I'm trying to make sure things work and and things are on. Um, I go through lighting and the ACs and heaters and I get in the attic and, and look at the attic to make sure that the insulation looks good, that there's no broken trusses. Um, it doesn't seem to have any you know leaks in the plywood, um, things like that. And I'll also look at the AC, the rest of the heaters up in the attic and stuff and the other part of the ACs up there. So I'll check that to make sure it looks okay, like everything's together, not you know missing panels and things, things in that respect. And then I go um, from the attics and stuff like that. Then I continue in the house. I go to all the bathrooms and uh, make sure that there's no leaks in the bathrooms and there's no um, other type of um, problems where um, could possibly be a mold. We're not supposed to be talking about mold, <laughs> but. Um, if I see something that looks like mold, then I will um, uh, recognize it, you know, and say there's some type of growth or something like that. So if you were to see some moisture on the wall or signs of uh, moisture or something of that sort, you would, you have, you have a way to test the wall to see if the drywall's still wet? Yeah, I have a moisture meter and a infrared camera. And okay. so both of those in combination when you find something that looks like it's wet then you can use those and that will give you an idea if um, you know there's a problem there and right. so it, it's not an x-ray machine but it does tell you <laughs> difference in temperatures and stuff like that so indicators it, indicators yeah. yeah so you can tell and then um, because I can't be destructive so you can't I can't cut the wall open or <laughs> anything like that so. so if you see a problem you can't just pull out a knife cut it open tell them they got to fix it and right yeah, yeah so. so I have to say they have to refer to an expert um, home inspectors are supposed to be generalist 
Okay. So we're not supposed to be an expert at anything. Okay. Which is hard sometimes because I have been the expert <laughs> at stuff. Well, that's also a hard thing for people to, I, I think, understand is that sometimes you'll look at, for instance, an AC unit and the temperatures aren't reading the way that they should be reading. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's broken. No, not necessarily. Um, it, it's just some units take longer to um, cool down or heat up. Right. And you've got to remember when I'm in an inspection, I'm only there for a short period of time. Exactly. So I can't, you know, it might not work to its full capacity until, you know, it's almost time for me to leave. Right. So I'm trying to catch, you know, different types of, um, I want to see the temperature on the ACs below 50 degrees is what I like to see. So I like to see, I like to take the temperature at 49, 48 degrees on the AC units. And then I like to see the heaters go above 100. Okay. You know, so as long as they do that, then I feel like they're working okay. Right. So if it's not doing what it should be doing or, or what, you know, your, from your test is it should be doing, then you would refer it then to an expert. Yeah. Then I have to refer it out to an expert, you know, an AC guy, HVAC guy or something to have them um, actually test it properly. Okay. Because they'll test it through the ductwork. There's all kinds of different tests that they do way more accurate than what I do. Right. Um, so, yeah, if it's if it's stuck at 70 degrees and I can't get it to come down any more than that, then obviously there's got to be something wrong with it. But it's, um, you know, typically a lot of times it's a simple fix. Okay. So, you know, so that's what you got to look at. So, so sellers, right before you come out to do the inspection, so the buyer hires you to do an inspection for them so you can tell them the condition of the home. So you can tell them what to expect of the home, the condition of the home. Usually following the inspection, the sellers will call their realtors and say, hey, did I pass? Did, did the home pass? Do you have a pass or fail? Technically, no. Okay. There's no pass or fail. Um, it's just what works and doesn't work. So typically what you're looking for, um, if you're gonna look at your house before the inspector gets there, there's some simple things that, that happen a lot um, that people need to look at, you okay. know, like straps on the water heater. Um, Let's talk about that. What are straps on the water heater? So straps on the water heater are earthquake, earthquake straps. So they actually have, um, uh, they keep the water heater from falling over in an earthquake. Um, we don't have typically a lot of big earthquakes here, but we are fairly active. So the earthquake straps are for that so that it doesn't fall over. The main thing they're worried about is if it falls over and breaks the gas line. Perfect. That's yeah. what they're uh, worried about. Well, that's, yeah, it's not perfect, but yes, that's exactly right. it. Right. And, and from, a, um, a, from a realtor's uh, standpoint, when we have, if the buyer's doing any type of financing, it's a requirement. Right. It's a requirement. The, if the appraiser goes out to the property and there's no straps on that water heater, they're going to call it to be fixed, mandatory in order to close on the home and it, they have to come back out to verify that it was fixed. So that's a big one. The simple, one of the simplest fix probably cost $25 if someone were to do it right. themselves or you can hire someone to do it for a very low price, but probably one of the simplest things that you can address prior to the home inspection just to save you any time headache because it will be called is get those straps on the water heater if they're not there. Right. Yeah. And so though, and any type of safety issue is typically uh, an issue too. the spring hinges on the garage door, you know, because oh, yeah. a lot of times they don't work right. People put kick down stops on them. They put um, ways to hold the door open and you can't, 
um, do that. It's a safety issue. So it, um, everybody wants one because they want their groceries when they bring it in. They want to have you know access to their groceries and they want to be able to um, walk in and out without the door hitting them. Yeah, because so, the garage doors are always self-closing. But they're supposed to be. There's a reason why they're self-closing. Right. They have to be because it's a fire envelope in the garage. Okay. So the garage is a, typically a garage would be the first place that catches on fire because you got your car in there, you got chemicals in there. So people throw rags that have, you know, stuff on them and all in a pile and that could, you know, start a fire. Um, you got your water heater out there. There's, there's several reasons why that happens. So when somebody puts a doggy door or a cat door in their garage door, that's not a good idea? Not a good idea because that <laughs> derates the whole door. So the, at that point, there's no real fix to the door except replace it. Okay. So that's a good thing to know. If you're getting ready to sell your house and you have that, you have that kick down stopper on your door or you have a doggy door or a cat door in, in your garage door, you're going to want to get that sealed up. Um, seal it, fire, fire rating, seal it, replace yeah. the door, do whatever's yeah. necessary to make sure that that's not there because that will be an item that will be called on your home inspection. Yeah, and the only real way you can do it uh, to fire rate it was probably replace the door because any patch you do um, wouldn't be UR, URL listed, <laughs> if you want to I say it right, because um, there's a tag typically on a fire door. Oh, So okay. a lot of your doors in the houses now don't have the tags. The tags have been taken off, okay. but there's supposed to be a 20-minute tag on the fire door uh, for a garage. So a lot of people don't put them in. Mm -hmm. So... Um, or don't or take the tag off when they paint the door or, or whatever. You know, there's all different reasons why there's no tag anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but like yesterday, I had one that had a window in it. A know? garage door? Yeah, a garage door going from the house to the garage that had a window in it. So obviously <laughs> it's, um, you know, there's some areas of the country that people put windows in so they can see into their garage. Uh, okay. And I, you know, I've, I've seen it. Uh, usually people from back east do it. Um, they put the windows in the doors and that derates it also. So it's, it's still not a fire door. If it has a window in there, there's no way to fire rate it with a window in there or a doggy door. <laughs> you know? Or a doggy door, yeah. And so those are simple, simple things that people right. can address prior to the home inspection. And I guess from a seller's standpoint, you want to make sure that there's as minimal as possible. You're probably not just realistically, you're not going to get a clean inspection report with nothing on it. There's always going to be things, but you want to address whatever you can that is not going to make that, a, you know, a hundred page report, which we've seen. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, that's the biggest thing I think is to um, look through everything, try everything, um, make sure things are working. So if everything's working, um, the inspection will go a lot quicker um, and, you know, the inspector won't be in your house that long. Yeah. <laughs> so, so less time he spends at your house, the less things he's going to find. So if, if you start finding all kinds of things that are broken and wrong and not working and um, it just takes longer for the inspection. Um, for me, um, I do the same type of inspection no matter what. So I look at all the same things every time. And uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at everything, make sure it all works. And if it doesn't work, then I have to talk about it. So what you don't want is you want the inspector talking about too much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And leaks. So leaks are um, from my, you know, when I'm there at home inspections with the buyers, 
leaking water is almost always going to be, hey, the seller has got to fix that. And sometimes if it's left too long, it, it creates a problem. So under sinks, for instance, you right. know, bathroom sinks, kitchen sinks. Yeah. There's so so many, I think so often that there's there's leaks there. Yeah, you get a lot of staining under, under sinks. Uh, sometimes it's from a leak from the drain or the, the faucet or you know, something not being tight up top that's leaking down through. And so it depends on how long it leaked, um, what type of damage it's done. Right. So, uh, and a lot of it, when, when there's a lot of damage done to the bottom of the sink, the only real way to check it is to tear it out, the sink, or the bottom part of the sink, the cabinet. Are those replaceable? It, it You can replace it. A lot of people tear them out. I've tear, tore out uh, my own stuff, type of stuff and replaced it. It's easy. Okay. It's not that hard to replace because um, you can take the cabinet bottom out and put a new piece in. A lot of, sometimes you can put a, a solid piece in. Sometimes you have to put it in two pieces depending mm -hmm. on the type. But um, typically the kitchen sink is where it's the worst because that's the most used sink. And, the, and you put lots of stuff underneath your sink. So when you put stuff under the sink by putting it under there and pulling it out, you're taking a chance of hitting the drain lines and making them leak. Okay. So yeah. th that's what a lot of people do. And, you, and, and then a lot of your cleaning products, if they've been under there too long, sometimes they leak. Oh, yeah. They'll cause staining. Stains. And you'll right. see the little rings around the bottom from every size right. uh, cleaning, cleaning product, product you have. <laughs> and, yeah, they, um, they do. They have, like, these rubber things now that you can put underneath those sinks right. that I think are brilliant because of how many times I've seen the bottom of that sink stained or, right. or you know, water damage from leaks. And they're always called on the inspection report. Right. <laughs> so. And it, it is nice when people put, you know, some type of shelf paper or, you know, the rubber pieces down there to protect everything because then you're pretty much guaranteed that it's going to be um, good. But at the same time, it kind of hides stuff if there's something down there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if there was a problem before and they covered it, then I don't see that. So... The best thing is when you're doing your walkthrough is to make sure you kind of look under the sinks again one more time and and just check to see if there's you know if, if it's okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I have uh, where I've where I've I've seen it dip down and I've actually pulled everything out, which technically I'm not supposed to be moving stuff too much, so I got to be real careful about moving and and changing things or so. So it's like the old saying, if you break it, you buy it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if you pull something out and you mess it up, then it, it's just like if something's not working right and you and you try to adjust it or something then, and you break it, then, then it's your fault. So you got to be real careful. That's why um, a lot of things are called out on a home inspection that could be easily fixed, but aren't because the inspector can't really do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that, and that is something that some people don't understand. It's like the door needs adjusted. It's just a little screw, but you're not allowed to do it because you could try to adjust that little screw and break, break something, <laughs> right. and then we have an issue. Um, so yeah, what do you think from having buyers um, buyers come to a home inspection? When you're doing an inspection, the buyers sometimes they'll come at the end and they'll review over the items with you. When you do that, what would you say is the thing that scares buyers most just in general like um you know would you say it's water electrical ac what are things that you think that buyers are most scared about to make them feel like they want to back out i think a lot of water damage um, is one of the biggest things the roof is another one because people can't see the roof 
So yeah. they're, when you tell them there's broken tiles up there, they don't understand how bad it looks. Right. So I try to show them pictures. If I'm going to try to tell them, I'll say, I'll, I'll put it on my computer or, or some type of way like that so they can see what it looks like. So they're right. not, um, and my whole deal is that I don't like to panic anybody. So, and I've fixed just about everything. So I, I know how to fix it. I know I can explain the, um, how to do things. So I, I, but that's the thing that I think that they're most scared of is more water loss. Um, mostly people are worried about if there's any kind of water damage or there's, you know, and a lot of stuff I can't see because it's behind the wall. So sometimes there's just no way for me to see if there's a leak behind the wall. And that's why I look at the water meter when I first come in. Because oh, yeah. if the water meter is moving, then there's some type of leak in the house. Yeah, if and all if, the water is off, but the water meter is still going. Now, would it be moving quickly or sometimes it's just slow? If it's a slow drip, does it does that have an indicated in, any indication on how big the drip is? Yeah, yeah, it depends on how fast the, yeah, it's moving. There's a little, um, little diamond-shaped thing or a star-shaped um, little piece in there that spins when the water's on. And so you can see, sometimes it's just barely moving, but if it's barely moving, it's still a leak. Yeah, you know, so, so that's something that sellers could do before you come out, before right. they have a home inspection. Go check and see if they have any leaks. And if they do, call a leak detection service, call a right. plumber, call someone to find out where it is, what's going on and have it fixed. Right, because sometimes it's a real simple fix. Sometimes you have a toilet, a flapper that's wore out and it's, and it's running. Yeah. So it's constantly trying to fill the toilet or you have an uh, anti-siphon valve that's leaking, yeah. you know, or you have a pool that's uh, trying to fill all the time, you know, or it's leaking or something. And so there's, there's several different simple fixes for a meter moving. The worst scenario would be that the line's leaking from the house to the, to the meter. Right. That's the, and that's the scariest one because that would be, that's a big fix. So that, that means that. That's that main line that goes through the street goes, underneath the house. Oh yeah, that's scary. Yeah, so that <laughs> one, that would probably be one of your scariest things, I guess, if I found that, you know, or I could tell that. And sometimes I can, because I can turn valves off and on um, if I feel like they're, you know, not rusted too badly. Um, I, I can turn something off and kind of um, figure out where the leak is sometimes. Um, yeah. But that's what I look for. That's those are um, markers for me um, when I look at the meter, water meter at first, and when I look at the electric panel, and when I kind of look at the outside of the house, those are, and you know, look at what way the AC looks. Um, some of those are just markers for me to know that I have to be more um, determined on where that leak is or where the electrical problem is because I'm looking at, uh, you know, if I see a problem outside, then that means, okay, I got to find the problem inside. Yeah, there's something going on in there. Right. There was one time years ago that um, we had scheduled a home inspection. I, I believe you were the inspector on this house um, where we had scheduled the home inspection. The water company had to turn on the water the day of the inspection right. because they had the utilities off. Um, all the utilities weren't on, which is another good thing for people to remember is you need to have those utilities on prior to the inspection. But we had scheduled the home inspection and the water got turned on the day of the inspection. When we showed up there, there was water just pouring out of the wall. <laughs> like, 
pouring out of the wall, like high pressure water just everywhere. The floor was flooded. It was a disaster and wow, something was wrong. So it turned out to be something from the main line was, um, oh, I think it was the main line that connected to the house. There was some, something, I don't know, something big. It was an issue. We didn't follow through with uh, purchasing the home, of course. Right. So that is, uh, those things can, uh, can come up. Yeah, and that's, and a lot of times the water companies, typically they're not supposed to leave it on <laughs> if it's running. How so would they know? Because the meter's going to be right, running. So once, once they turn it on and turn the valve on, if, if it's running and it stays running for a while, then they turn it right off. Oh. So they typically turn it back off They because they know. And they'll, they'll leave it on, but they'll put a note saying, um, we have the, the you know, water's on, but we had to turn it off because it was running. Same thing with the gas company. The gas company will come in and they'll, they'll check, because when they turn on the gas, they're going to check everything gas related. And if something's not working, they tag it. You know, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen, seen that, that often. Right. Yeah, where they'll they'll come in and they'll say, yeah, this uh, you know, the furnace we couldn't turn it on because something was wrong with it. Right. Yeah. And so whenever you're getting everything turned on, and if if there the house is, hasn't been lived in for a while and things are being turned on, you want to have all those notes from the water company, from the, the gas company, um, power company. Typically, it just turns it on from the from a computer. They don't come out to the house. But you want to have those papers that the gas company left. Yeah. And you want the whoever's selling the house to leave those in the house. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Don't take those away. Those are safety. Uh, you know, there's yeah. there are safety alerts. We need to know about that stuff. So it's good to have that, so you know what's going on with the house. So that that's another thing that I like to see if they're if everything's just getting turned on. I like to see those too, just to make sure that the gas company felt like everything was safe. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Les, what about, you see a lot of homes. You do a lot of home inspections. You're all over the valley here in Las Vegas. Have you seen anything interesting out there? Like, do you, have you seen any, do you have any fun stories to share with us? Or yeah. Things that you've seen? Yeah. Well, one that, uh, that's particular, that there's a house that I've done an inspection on and, and, uh, you know, when you're doing a house, you know, and I, I'm walking around looking at everything, I'm, I'm kind of checking different things and I'm looking and people, you know, remodel and change things. And so in this type of house, I've done it several times. And so it's kind of a townhome house kind of situation. And so I, w I walked up, I uh, was looking for the AC unit, the HVAC, HVAC unit, and typically it was above the master bedroom okay. um, closet. And so I went into the master bedroom closet and they had a room built up there. So there was a room built there for clothes and stuff like that. So obviously there was no access anywhere out to the attic. So I thought, okay, well, I got to look around and find another access because there's got to be access to the heater. Mm -hmm. um, if there's not, then it's, it's a, you know, kind of a huge problem because you can't maintain it. Yeah. So I found a pull-down ladder in the garage. And so I thought, well, maybe this is how they're getting to it. So I walked up to the pull-down ladder and they had a couple cubbies here and there. And then I saw the AC unit in front of me and I said, oh, there it is. I'll get my pictures and check the, the you know, insulation, uh, look at the trusses. And as I'm walking up the stairs, I look to my left and there's a bathroom in the attic. A bathroom? Yeah, a bathroom. So it's got a <laughs> toilet, a sink. And I, I'm like, and you have to step over the ductwork to get to it. So we're not talking like the, you know, like these TV shows I see, or I'm sure there are, you know, in other states where there's like, you know, 
like a loft area upstairs where no. it's an actual living space. We're talking about an, an attic. Yeah, an attic because they the trusses were cut and stacked so the trusses weren't typical trusses that you'd see in a regular house. So they can actually build, um, they can actually drywall it because it's a big space. Oh, wow. So what they did is they built an actual bedroom and a bathroom up there. <laughs> and uh, it was just odd to see because, you know, there was a window in the attic. They put a window in. They had put everything up there. And um, the, so it was, like a, it was like a man cave or a she shed or yes, a, it, a bedroom. A bedroom, like, what, yeah. Was someone living there? Did, did you ever get any indication from the seller on if, like, someone lived there? Or were the buyers surprised? Did the buyers, the buyers were know definitely, about it? Nobody knew about it. Uh, it seemed <laughs> like it wasn't disclosed on anything, I guess. And so... I found it. Once I found it, I was telling everybody and everybody wanted to see it. So <laughs> the actual realtor and I think the buyer had left at that point because they, they just came for the first part on this one. And they had taken off and everybody came back <laughs> because everybody wanted to see this room, you know, because it was just an odd It's thing. a bonus room. <laughs> a bonus room. Yeah, it was like a bonus room. So it was actually more square footage, but you had to step over ductwork and, it, you know, it could be fixed up and they could have put a platform in and there could have been, you know, they could have made it usable, but. They can make it a guest room. Guest room, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, but it technically in was the in the attic. <laughs> so you're, you're still exposed to the fiberglass and stuff like that. But anyway, it was, it was an interesting room. You know, that, that is, that, that is very interesting. Oddest. And, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of other type of situations like that where I've been in houses where they've had rooms that are, you know, what, 20 feet in the air, um, and they're, uh, you know, you have to, you know, I have to extend my ladder all the way out to, to get into them, and there, it's an access of a closet. There's a, like a closet in the master bedroom, but the master bedroom ceilings are 35 feet tall. Have you ever seen any bunkers here in Vegas, like the in the underground, like bunkers or anything like that yet? Uh, not really. Okay. Um, basements, basements, you know, there's some basements, people have basements, and so there's some uh, houses with basements that I've looked at, but really not uh, what you would say a bunker. Like no doomsday bunkers. I know. No. I know there's one house like some. You know, it's famous here in Vegas. That's over by the Boulevard Mall that has like a total underground bunker. But I was just wondering if right. anybody else, if you've ever come across anybody else's well, done that. Yeah, there was one that I did um, a long time ago, and it was actually I was looking um, when I years and years ago to buy a house. And I found this old house that was that I really wanted. Um, uh, it was a little out of my price range at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was more in the three hundred thousand dollars, and this house was six hundred thousand. It was twice as much as what I could afford. <laughs> and so I was looking at it, but it was a uh, um, it was an old mob house. Okay. And so that's fun. It had stairs out by the sidewalk. It's off of Oki. It had stairs off the front um, stairway going down underneath to a, like a bunker. Okay. So, and then it had, um, it, when you went in the house, it had a tennis court, had a pool, um, you know, had a huge area to park that was actually over the top of the basement. And, okay. and so it had a lot of odd stuff. So you walk into the house, you walk through the house and you're walking through and, and there's this door, just a little door, man door, you know, uh, you know, 30 inch door or something. But anyway, you open that door and there's a, a sweeping staircase going down to the base basement. And it was a huge, it was like, you should have had two doors oh, on, wow. on this opening. And so you walk down this staircase and it went down. And as you look to your left, there was a full bar um, huh? like you would see in a, a, a bar, 
you know, a lounge or something. And then they had a they had downstairs in the the basement they had a bowling alley. Oh my goodness! Into the bowling alley they had a jacuzzi tub fountain thing you know that you could sit in, and then they had, and then as you as you look, were looking around, they had another room lower. So you would go down these circular stairs into the wine cellar, and then you would go, if you went the other way, they had a handball court. Oh my goodness! That was down below, and you could watch people from above playing handball. So. It was a very odd house. <laughs> they had stairs and going here out the Las back. Vegas. It's here in Las Vegas, and they had—you um, could tell they had. It was old TVs, so they had the old spots for TVs. They had an office. They had rooms for people to live downstairs. Um, probably the whatever the security. <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah. They had, and but they had an office, and you could tell they had old TVs that they would put up there for security. So they had security systems, cameras, underground, and, <laughs> so they could watch. Yeah, so they could watch if anybody came or not. And so they they had two ways out, front and back, and you know up up through the house. So they had several you know options to get out of there if they had to. <laughs> that is amazing. So that was an odd one, and then that, they did have a skylight, but the skylight was I, when I looked up at it. The concrete was probably two foot thick on oh, the ceiling, geez. and uh, it had rebarb going all through the skylight, so that nobody could come down through it. So it was <laughs> it was quite the. They were protected. Right, they were very protected. So you know, and it, mo most likely was some type of mob house. Yeah. I mean, all the fixtures were Swan fixtures and things like that. So. <laughs> now, was that surprising to the buyers? Did the bu were the buyers aware of this pre prior to the inspection that that whole um, area was there? Do I you think know? they knew this one. Okay. Yeah, this one was kind of a, a known thing, but it was just odd to find all that. And the, the bowling alley worked. You know, it was only a one lane. You know, so yeah. it's just one lane. But that's amazing. So upstairs, the the actual house that's above ground, did it just look like a regular? Just a regular old house. Uh, you couldn't tell from the outside that there was anything down below it, and it was really two stories down below. That it, is amazing. Because you had the one story, which that ceiling was probably twenty feet tall, the mm -hmm. first basement, and then you had another going down. You had the wine cellar going down, and then you had the handball court, which has to be pretty tall. You know, so that went down in there. So they they did a lot of digging to <laughs> make yeah, this yeah. Because work. I'm thinking the builder. This was not the builder's intentions when they when they built the home. This was done afterwards because the other homes in the neighborhood did not no, have basements. Yeah, none of the other houses are similar like that. No, yeah, and it's and Vegas is hard to build the basements, and so it takes a lot of extra effort to do a basement. Is it because of the ground here? Yeah, we got a lot of caliche and. Um, you know, Indian clay, they called it. Yeah. I have people ask me that way, why there's not any basement. You know, that's, there's, there's that's, not many homes with basements in Vegas, and I, I assumed it's something to do with the ground. Yeah, that's mainly what it is. It's just they have to blast to do it. So houses that we've worked on before that had uh, basements um, typically add a year mm -hmm. to their their process of building the house because oh, of wow. the, they run into caliche. If they run into caliche, then it's then it's like they have to blast it. It has to be blown up and redone. <laughs> so, oh my goodness! Yeah, it's not an easy thing. So, if you're in an area where there's not caliche, then you can um, put a basement in fairly quick. Is it? Is there specific areas of Vegas that maybe would or would not? No, it runs in veins. Okay. So it's just really hard to know if you're going to run into it or not. Um, All right. You know, because the one house that I'm thinking about, they put a basketball court downstairs, and they had to. Um, they run into caliche, oh. and they didn't think they were, because they were on a, on a you know kind of a hilly area, so mm -hmm. they didn't think they would get into that. But they were up at their Red Rock or 
somewhere like that, you know, one of those fancy places. It, it's great to run into surprises mid-project. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's always fun. So, Les, thank you so much for joining us today. Now, if people um, need to schedule a home inspection or... Sometimes you do inspections for people before they list their home, correct? Yeah, move in, uh, there's a move-in ready inspection or uh, an inspection that, like a pre-inspection so that you know what to fix and what not to fix. And it's the same really inspection for me, um, but it just gives you an idea um, the things that aren't working properly in your house. That you should address because let's right. be honest, when you live in your home, you don't always realize that things right. are malfunctioning or you get so used to them malfunctioning, you just think it's normal. Right. So, so yes. So if you need to contact Les for, to schedule a home inspection, if you're purchasing a home or if you're getting ready to sell your home and you want Les to go through and give you a to-do list, a punch list of things that you should do before you put your home on the market, give Les a call and Les, how can they reach you? Um, mainly my phone number is uh, 702-443-3987 and it's Clark County Property Inspections. You can find me on the web. I'm, I got website and all that stuff, but <laughs> my website's uh, Clark County uh, PI. Oh, you got it up on the screen so you guys can see it. <laughs> that's <laughs> it, ClarkCountyPI.com. So yeah. that's, that's the where you can get a hold of me. Um, the phone number is the easiest. Yep. You know, you can text me or call me, yep. and that comes right to me every time. So, um, only reason I wouldn't answer is if I'm in an inspection, and I can't answer it at the time. You know, if I'm walking people through a house or something. Okay, and you guys can always reach out to me, and I can connect you with Les. And if you're watching our show, please take a minute send to write us a review. Uh, download us, follow us on iTunes, share it on your social media so your friends can tune in too. And we thank you guys for joining and see you next week on Realty Check with Trish Williams.